0: Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. I am Tamala Shaw, and today I have Brenda Florida with me. She is a life coach. She has wonderful programs, a podcast, and a a great blog too. I've been on your website. I've been reading your blog. So, Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Oh, thank you so much for having
1: me. I'm super thrilled to be here. Yes. If you don't mind, tell us a little bit about you. Yes. So I am in some ways a serial entrepreneur. I have um, been in business for myself many times in my life. So life coaching isn't my first go round as a, as an entrepreneur. I've been in real estate for, I was in real estate many years. And before that, my husband and I had a Domino's pizza franchise. Awesome. Um, So I have a very, you know, ambitious sort of entrepreneurial, you know, spirit, which I, I love, I have four children. So I, that, I think that's how a type A personality, you know, when they're focused on motherhood, that's how you do that. Right. Okay. I have lots of kids. (laughs) And uh, so I did that. I had four kids in seven years and I love my life. I've had a lot of lessons. I've been divorced twice. Uh, You know, there's just a lot that's happened, but I think to the point of this podcast and your listeners, as well as my own, because I tend to focus a lot of my practice on, I call it people pleasing, you know, because that's a little more common phrase sometimes than codependent that people Mm -hmm. identify with, but it is near and dear to my heart to liberate people from these, what I call, consider, you know, habits there. I like to think of them as habits, mm-hmm. um, not something wrong with you, not something Thank that you. needs fixing, you know, all those things, but a habit that we picked up usually when we were little kids.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that was a wonderful coping device at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we get to the point where it doesn't service anymore and that's what takes us to the kind of work you do and the yes. kind of work I do. and, and so I will say to tell you that part of my story, that really started uh, from before I can even remember. My mother tells this story that she thinks is so adorable, but it strikes me slightly differently <laughs> that when I was a little baby, I was just so happy all the time and so easy. And I would just lay in my crib and like pick the little flowers off my sheet, you know, kind of a thing. And of course, now I can hear that story and realize that it's because even as a baby, I somehow knew that my needs were never going to be a priority Mm. for my mother. And not because she's a terrible person. She's a lovely person. I happened to have a sister with some other physical problems. She was having a lot of surgery when I was born. And so as a mom, I can have grace for that. I'm like, well, of course, you know, my dad's nowhere to be found. He's out golfing or working or, you know, something glamorous like that. And my mom's having to do all this stuff. You know, I understand it, but I think that's one of the big things for all of us doing any of this type of work. Is that just because we can understand why a person would do something, if it's harmful to us, it is. That's all that we need to say, justify anything. It was not good for me. Right. You know, even though I get why my mom did that. So that kind of was the beginning. And then it just got worse when my parents got divorced. I was 13 my mother really took me in unfortunately as her confidant and mm. I did all her arguing with my dad like she would send yes. me she would answer the phone you know way before caller id and if it was him she would just hand me the phone and then tell me what to tell him you be the parent <laughs> yeah I'd be the parent, you know, so there were many ways that I took care of my mother, you know, yes. really is the way I say it. I mean, of course she's dressing herself, but you know, <laughs> I was emotionally her support system mm-hmm. Absolutely. and I thought nothing of it. I thought it was the, mo- I never questioned it. I, you know, nothing. I mean, what thought- would you, you didn't know, you didn't know anything different, right? Yeah, I didn't. And that's how it happens, right? And so we, we get this idea. And I think you and I right before we push record here, we're talking about authenticity, because we both value it so much. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the actual challenges to, you know, if we want to say it this way to authenticity, is that these conditioned ways of being these habits, can begin to feel like they are who we are yes. because we've been doing them for so damn long, mm-hmm. but they're not, you know, it just feel, but it, I mean, it legit mm-hmm. feels that way, mm-hmm. but it's not really who we are, who I know really am. is someone with some of those qualities, right. Mm-hmm. But not at my own expense. I don't express them anymore. Okay. Yeah. At my own expense. So that uh-huh. was a big long introduction. No, um, I love but... it. I love it. I absolutely love it. And one thing that I I
0: found when I went on your website, it said calling all people pleasers <laughs> <I> was <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> Hey, it's me. Takes one to no one. You know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know, it does, it takes more than 10 minutes. To stop doing it like it's a practice like yoga is a practice and meditation and everything because it's there are so many things that I can get into that will start me down that slippery slope like it starts out okay, nothing wrong at the beginning. But then I just give a little too much or I decide, oh, I don't need to say that now. You know, I, it's fine. <laughs> I can, you know, and all these things that we do, at least for me, so many of them were not in a single thing so egregious. It was, there were a few of those, <laughs> but many of them are just these innocent, oh, sure, I can do that. Oh, right. yeah, Sure. Or that silencing, right? The, the mm, I'll keep my mouth shut yeah. right now because, you know, this comes up a lot in, it came up a lot around the holidays with clients or people in my universe who thankfully, because I'm very overt about this, are anti-racist, <laughs> but they have family members. You know, who mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. don't necessarily consider themselves racist, but they know some conversation's gonna come up, you know, during right. the holiday yeah. gathering or something, and they're figuring out what to say. And that's such a classic situation where, in the shock of it or the not wanting to, you know, upset everybody at Thanksgiving dinner, we keep our mouths shut. And then there's just that little price to pay for that. Right you know
0: so Mm -hmm. that's how um you know I used to deal with I shouldn't say deal with I was placed in positions like in middle school where um people weren't quite sure what to say um Mm -hmm. they were they grew up with with family that um there weren't a lot of black people or you know whatever so when they came to school it was like but I like her right she's very nice um, so they would want to play, but then I would invite them to my house and they're like, Oh, great. You know? And I'm like, well, maybe we can come to your house. They're like, yeah, I'm not going to work. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yes. Like, love you, mean it, but not at home. Not <laughs> so. in my house. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. There
0: was, you know, you had to, you know, I had to, and I'm sure you did is you have to as well. Like you don't quite understand it. Right. But it is that people pleasing on the inside that I didn't ask questions. I never went, you know, any further into it. I was just like, Oh, okay. You know, yeah.
1: Not, not wanting to, you know, shake up anything. Right. Right. It's that not wanting to rock the boat. I mean, I think so many of us, it was our job, even though it wasn't defined that way. We took that responsibility on Mm -hmm. of being the peacemaker and creating harmony. And I still, I'm still very prone to that. I try to be very careful now not to do it at the expense of myself or somebody else, right? right? So at the expense of you, let's say my person of color friend Mm -hmm. who I keep my mouth shut if something is said within earshot of you, Right, You know, and I'm trying to just, oh, they didn't mean, you yeah, know, I'm trying to like yes. smooth it over mm-hmm. instead of addressing what just happened and how did that make you feel and asking those questions. I think you're so right. A lot of the habit of it that we like, that we want to change in this work is the risk, right? The vulnerability of I'm going to ask a question or I'm going to be brave enough to actually say you know, you don't have to solve racism at the Thanksgiving dinner table, but just even to say this is not a conversation that I'm comfortable with. You're not telling anybody else what to do. You know, you're just I I'm not comfortable Me. with this. Me. Right. Yeah. Me. And that's what I had to learn. I really started coming out of my, I started understanding I was codependent in like my late maybe late 20s early 30s for sure so I had been I got married right out of high school to my high school sweetheart so I had my four kids in my early and mid 20s so so by my early 30s I'm you know like an old lady in a lot of respects anyway I and so it started really hurting my marriage Mm because he loved me being codependent he loved how I would prioritize everything he wanted and needed and I realized I didn't really know how to communicate in a way that would even be able to articulate to him mm-hmm. what my needs are. wants were, because I was so used to being focused and orienting my whole world. I mean, I don't know if you can relate to that, if you would say it that way, but like my whole worldview orientation, you know, was mm-hmm. through that lens of how can I. Please. be of service to others, create right. peace, all these things that sound very noble, right? right. I, yes. I was in a super Christian, very, very conservative Christian culture growing up and in during my first marriage. And so people loved me right? I got lots mm-hmm. of accolades. Absolutely. I ran the fundraisers. I led the Bible studies. I cooked the meals. I, you know, so it was great. I got a lot of applause. Yes. A great job. job. She's Bye. so wonderful.
0: Yeah. She's she so is. wonderful. <laughs>
1: she is. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was exhausted mm-hmm. and had no I was losing everything I mean it sounds so clicheish but only because it's so true I was losing everything about who I truly was yes and to the point I forgot what my favorite color was I got asked by our therapist who oh, was we in marriage counseling and he asked me what my favorite color was and I actually looked over to my husband to tell me and that was so dramatic that I it woke me up I was just like Oh my gosh. I just looked to him to tell me what my favorite color is. I am lost. Like I just, that that was the quintessential moment of realizing that conscious awareness of I am lost and that's right. not okay. It's not okay.
0: Absolutely. So you learned that during your first marriage. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, how did your husband take it?
1: uh after a few years of that he said I don't like who you are anymore (laughs) and that's why it's my first marriage um so we got divorced he didn't want to do that God hates divorce he he never said I love you I want to be with you because he already said he didn't like me right so but he wanted he was determined to stay married we would be married if I would have gone along with it anyway so (laughs) we got divorced because I wasn't going to do that even though the Christian culture I was in very much Mm -hmm. shamed divorce, unless it was infidelity, which was Mm -hmm. not the case here. Mm -hmm. And so I broke with all that and just said, I I know I can't live with somebody who's telling me they don't like, I mean, I'm 35 years old. I got a lot of life ahead of me. And he's telling me he doesn't like who I am, who I am. So I got divorced. I got married again two years later to somebody I thought was completely different, right? I've done my work and I figured this out and I, oh, I mean, I was so ready and I was so in love and um, he turned out to be exactly the same, you know, on the inside, like his emotional dynamics were the same. His personality was very different and he was a chameleon. And so where I was, as you can tell, I'm very vocal, right? So by then I'm figuring out myself. So I'm telling him what I'll do, what I won't do, what i am you know, what made the first marriage go bad. Dah, dah, dah. I'm owning all my stuff, you know? Right, yeah. Which To the wrong person, is like handing them a script of who to pretend oh. that they are. Oh. And as I was, so we were only married two years. And as I was packing to move out, I said, I asked him, you know, I told you from the very beginning, the things that I would not tolerate again in a relationship, being silenced, being, you know, those, just those kinds mm-hmm. of typical things that I had experienced in my codependency. And I, those are the exact reasons I'm leaving you. Like, what were you thinking? When you told and, him he made his representative. Yeah. 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 And he was like, well, I thought maybe I could be different. Like, <laughs> oh. oh. Oh my. <laughs> oh, no, you're you. And, know. you know, we went to therapy. He doesn't want to change anything. Anyway. Uh, so I've been single most of the last 20 years. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've you know, I've dated some, I've had a few relationships. I've lived with a guy for two years, but I don't have a tolerance anymore. hmm or at least romantically, I struggle with this a little bit professionally sometimes, but romantically I don't have a tolerance anymore for the sort of emotional abuse that is on the side of the person who wants to be with a codependent, you know. Yes. So I just want once I see it mm-hmm. and I realize it's there, then I I can't do it. I, I just won't put myself through yeah. having to be that way to make them happy, yes. I just leave, I get out. It's like, no, thank you. Yeah. Just, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what led you toward coaching? Well, it's interesting that you asked. So I said, I spent 30 years in real estate. I wasn't selling real estate. I was I mean, I did a little bit, but mostly I managed offices and companies and I owned my own company for a while, which means I did a lot of professional development with the agents to help them grow their business because mm-hmm. it's such a you know people business you have to be really good at that and what i can see now looking back on it is that all of that was like my initial that's what being a coach i was being a coach to them nobody was talking yes. about it that way in those years but in all transparency i don't have a college degree so I used to think, because I had a great therapist who got me through everything I've told you. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and, um, I, and I thought, gosh, I would love to be a therapist. Like I, that, So that healer part of me yes. mm-hmm. that got distorted in my people pleasing and in that yep. codependency and those habits, that part of me is very alive and well. And the more I did my own work, the more I became passionate about being able to help other people, you know, or yes. be that catalyst uh, mm-hmm. is a, is a word I like for it because I can't help anybody that doesn't want to be helped, you know, right. so, <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> like when the, when the student's ready, the teacher does come. And so yes. that's, you know, that's where where I want to be. And, but of course to go, I don't know, at 50, like as I was I left my second marriage at 40. So maybe I wasn't 50. Maybe it was more like 45, whatever. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I just, I couldn't stand the idea of having to get a bachelor's degree, like all the education I'd have to get to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. And at that time, coaching was kind of starting, you Mm -hmm. know, to be out there. Debbie Ford had a coaching program. uh, If you remember her, Mm -hmm. Martha Beck, Dr. Martha Beck had her coaching program. And that's the one I took. And I was just like, This is it. This is how I can step into that role mm-hmm. and feel like I'm bringing my gifts out to the world. Not that there's anything wrong or less than about real estate, but I wanted to be bigger like not just helping you grow your real estate business. Right. I want to help you grow your life. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? and it's it's funny
0: because most of us that are coaches We were coaching long, long ago. Mm -hmm. Long, long ago. So that's what's beautiful about it. You know, you once you get your certification, it makes it official, but you've been doing it for years. Yes. You just weren't getting paid for
1: it. (laughs) I wasn't getting paid for it. Right. And you know, really again, tying it back to there's nothing wrong with any of us, really what I was doing with my mother. When I was being her number one support, even though, again, that was a distortion, that was an unhealthy, you know, it was unhealthy for her to do that to me, like all those things. But it was that seed. It is that concept that out of our greatest challenge is usually a seed for something that can become our greatest expression, because really what I was doing then in a very, you know—un. uh, structured way and and dysfunctional relationship part of it was coaching her on how to survive getting divorced from my dad.
0: Absolutely. You were yeah. being, yeah, you were walking her through it. You were being her mm-hmm. voice. You were mm-hmm. giving her strength, you know, yeah. and that's what, you know, that's what takes us to that codependency is because we, it's something that we're lacking that we, well, we were lacking it as well, you know, as far as what we were given but the person that was supposed to raise us is something that they didn't give us. That's where the lacking was. So we had to not only fill that for ourselves, but most of us filled it for our parents as well. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be times. I mean, I've had conversations with my mom and she'll say, she said, honestly, you know, she said, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but I had you for me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but that's not the way it's supposed to be.
1: I live for my children thing, but anytime I hear that from a mom, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're poor kids. Like, that's just, no child needs their parent living for them, you know? Like, live for yourself. You know, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, anyway, yeah. It's
0: been so good, you know, to go through this. And, you know, she most times is alongside of me. So she's doing her own healing and all that, but it's nice. just, I, when she said that, I was just like,
1: oh my gosh. No.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So I know your, your program is called the solvent method.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. So tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah. So the solvent method is just a very fun thing that happened very naturally or organically, however you want to think about it. Once I was beginning to coach, this was the very beginning of my coaching career And I had a number of things. Like I had almost three solid years where nothing I did worked. everything in my life went wrong. I got scammed. I spent all the money I had saved up to start my business on business, you know, programs that should, you know, Mm -hmm. and anyway, I was just broke. I mean, at one point, truly, I was sitting in a parking lot, Googling homeless shelters. I had... $50 Fifty dollars in the bank. Oh my god! I was staying in Airbnbs because I had already given up my apartment, so I didn't get evicted, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had nowhere to live in two days and only fifty dollars, so it's not really enough to go get an Airbnb. And uh, so that kind of stress went on for really almost three years, and I'm only out of it about a year and a half. So like this is very recent. Okay. okay. And. So I'm doing a lot of self-coaching, right? Uh And I have some clients. And I have some clients, you know. So I realized that I was doing a process that I didn't realize I was doing, sort of a thing. So one of the ways I like to talk about myself, especially on Instagram and stuff, I don't know that I have this on my website, but, and I'm trying to get myself going on TikTok, right? Another (laughs) platform because I love video. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the struggle is real. Anyway, uh, I realized I had this process because I'm very practical. I love big ideas and lofty ideals, and we can talk about being liberated and our self awareness and all these beautiful things. But if you don't know how to get there, who cares? I- who cares? You can say all the affirmations you want. It won't matter if you can't take them past that brain of mm-hmm. an af- a words I'm saying over and over to something that brings into a feeling state mm-hmm. for you. Like when I was so broke for so long, I mean, it, it was a year and a half. I had no place of my own to live two years. I, my mission for myself every day was regardless of what's in my bank account, usually less than a hundred dollars. I am going to feel abundant. I'm going to feel abundant. I'm not just going to say I'm abundant. I'm abundant. I'm wealthy. I'm well, you know, I've got to feel it. I've got to create a feeling state. We Mm -hmm. are so capable of creating states that are different than our actual situation or our environment. Mm -hmm. We do it all the time, stressfully, and yes. think nothing of it. Right. Absolutely. Everything's fine. You realize your teenager's late and for five minutes you go through mommy hell. Cause you think they're dead in a ditch somewhere. And then right. they walk through the door. Well, all of that you created was your own creation of your own state of worry and stress. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm just doing it the other way, okay? So <laughs> create that abundance. yes. Yeah, I'm creating abundance <laughs> by getting my thoughts and my feelings congruent with abundance. So anyway, I'm doing all this stuff to coach myself and I'm doing this stuff with clients and I realize, okay, there's a thing I'm doing, and I, now I call it the solvent it method. It is where I'm combining. The four elements, let's call them, of desire, thoughts, feelings, and action. And unless those four are in alignment, Mm. we cannot sustain what we're doing. So that's where I get practical. I'm like, well, I don't need to feel abundant for five minutes. I got to do this day after day. And as it turned out, I had to do it year after year, you know, (laughs) even though my environment would tell me otherwise. Right. So I, so I had a desire, you know, and I, for this coaching business and making, I love money. Okay. I, I make no apologies about that. I love money. I love flying first class. So, um, I had my desires in place. Like I got that and I'm very good at, do, at action. I'm a Capricorn. I'm a big doer. It's that practical part. So I had all the to-do lists. I had all my strategies, my marketing plans, my, you know, all the things. And yet something wasn't working. So I had to go back to, okay, so what are my thoughts? What are my feelings? And so it's not in a hierarchy. We don't start. Usually people who come to me for coaching, a lot of them think they've identified they have a problem. And it's usually something around action or the lack thereof. I want to change jobs and I'm just not, I'm not getting my resume ready. I don't know what, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. just getting busy. I'm distracted. So a lot of people can identify their problem easiest through action or the lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if it's in alignment with your desire, the action isn't the problem. Then it's the, even if you're not doing it, it's your thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. So it made me dig really deep. And I found, oh my gosh, I found mountains of religious shame that I was still carrying around. Wow. Mm. Of all kinds of, you're not good enough. Even though these were issues I worked on with my therapist, with other coaches all through the year, it yes. is a peeling of the onion. Mm. You know, it's not like we just figure out, I got this, this thing I say that I'm not good enough. And, oh, okay, I worked on that for three months with a coach. Toss and, that out, oh, fix yeah, that. No, it's not the no, case. no. And yeah. so I just kept opening myself up to more and more to hear and release how those made me feel like they were more true than what's really in my conscious awareness and, and thinking today. And um, so, so, it, you know, that's, so that's how I use the solvent method. Like it's, it's a, and that so I have a digital program where I'm teaching the process so you can get it. And there's worksheets that go, you know, so you can nice. self-coach with it. And then I have add-on one-on-one sessions because that is really helpful. To That's them. very nice. Uh, yeah. So it's digital. So people,
0: they can mm-hmm. do the one-on-ones, but this is literally uh, literature and, and paperwork that you're sending to them. They can yes. work the plan on their own, you know, at yeah. their own
1: pace, yes. everything. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So within five minutes after you purchase it, you will have the whole thing in your inbox. And so I break down, you know, there's a video or two on desire and how, how you can figure that out. Like the thing that happens so often with people pleasers is that we will have a desire that actually is not our own, but we've taken it on as if it is. And so then when the action isn't working or you go to the thoughts and feelings and they're just kind of not bringing up a lot of meat, you know, juicy stuff, Mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, let's go back and look at that desire. Cause is that really what you want? You know, or is it something you wanted and outgrew, but you don't realize it. Mm -hmm. I heard today, I was listening to a podcast today and this guy was saying he realized he had made some commitments in 2021 that we're in alignment with his 2021 self, but not who he's becoming wow. in 2022. So he needed mm-hmm. to change that. And I love that because I think when we want to be, it's a choice. We're always becoming absolutely someone new, a higher, I, the way I say it is a higher expression of myself. Absolutely. And so, you know, so I break down desire, I break down thoughts, feelings, and action. There's worksheets for all of it. So you can totally in a self-paced way, just take yourself, learn the whole system and start, you know, using it to play with your own challenges and how do they fit into that little formula, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and then, yeah, if you want to add, add the one-on-one and, and work with me as well. mm mm-hmm. That's a very, very cool, oh my gosh, just thinking about the listeners, because I think
0: that, I mean, in my head, I would say people, look, I, I, obviously I'm taking notes, <laughs> yes. I that, I, keep going, keep going, I love it, yes. so in my head, I know, well, I feel as though I know what a people pleaser is, you know, as mm-hmm. far as the whole codependency and all of that, yes. but I know that on your website, you kind of broke down different things about what people pleasers were, like the characteristics. Okay. Um, so just for the people listening, how yes. will they
1: know that they are people? Yes. So a couple of big things would be, and we've said a lot of them here today, mm-hmm. but to be really specific about it, there is a feeling of I'm doing things and I'm paying the price somehow. So yes. sometimes that feels like resentment. Oh my gosh, I did all these things for all these people. I volunteered for this thing and they hardly even said thank you. Yes. So it's a resentment, overwhelm, as far as like the feelings that resonate with people pleasers. Overwhelm is a big one because we've mm-hmm. said yes to you know so many things yes. and not taking care of ourselves. It's that prioritizing, what everybody else needs and wants, not just needs and wants over what we need. We generally don't even get, I wasn't even thinking about my wants. I wasn't even good about getting my needs met, like sleep, you know, and exercise and, you know, food I wanted to eat. No, I cooked everything my family wanted to eat, you know? So it shows up in really subtle ways. It shows up big time in romance you know, where you're prioritizing your partner, where does he want to go on vacation? Does he want to have sex tonight? No. Okay. I did, but we won't. Okay. You know, so it just shows up and all, where do you want to go to dinner? And I, all oh, I wanted Indian. You want, Oh thai. my gosh. okay, we'll do Thai. I you was, know. I
0: was just about to say that one of the biggest reasons I knew I was codependent is I would never, I could never, ever tell you what I wanted to eat babe what do you want to go eat I don't know where do you want to go eat I mean wherever you want to go eat I don't know where do you want to go eat <laughs> it's just like right. well I don't know you know I have taste buds I know what I want yes. you know but why yeah. don't I give myself permission to say I want Chinese tonight I want you know Italian yeah. tonight it was yeah I don't know whatever you want to eat <laughs> it's like <Yeah>. what?
1: <laughs> the whole you know watching how often you say no because most of us as people pleasers Uh, are not saying no, other than to ourselves. We say no to ourselves often. We say no to others rarely. So in the workplace, this means you're probably in some role of leadership in some way, formal or informal, because you're managing the project. You're covering when somebody else drops the ball. You're staying late. They're leaving on time. Like you're always doing more. And again, there can be so many accolades. Yes. For being this way, especially as women. Now, I will say there are tons of men, people pleasers. They're staying in jobs they hate because the pay is good. And in their mind, they're taking care of their family, which is their job. It just, it comes out a little bit differently for men than it does for women. I honestly think my own parents were flip-flopping back and forth from who was being the addict and who was being the codependent. Wow. Uh, but any, so we, you know, we can all be all things, but that type of, you know, not prioritizing yourself, not putting yourself at the top of your own list, mm-hmm. not saying no, um, That's you're good. overwhelmed, you're exhausted, you know, you're probably resentful, you're, so you're probably angry, but you probably don't feel like it's okay to be angry. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're shoving that down. You know, and the idea of showing up differently, the idea of choosing yourself, this is why I think coaching through it. I love, I love the self-help stuff. I mean, I could drown in all the self-help books I've bought over the years Uh, and I like having it for people, which is why I did the solve it method as a digital program. So for solutions that we can do ourselves, like I love that I have bought a bazillion self-help books. I love all that. But part of the challenge with this dynamic, particularly of people-pleasing and codependency, Mm -hmm. is that, again, it's so common to us that not being that way probably feels so scary that you won't necessarily be able to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Not because you don't have what it takes or anything like that. It's that you need that person, that coach who can one stand with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And just Mm -hmm. to help be that support and give you the courage, but then, and I don't know if you find that you do this. I, I have this a lot with my clients where I'm helping them find the words, you know, like how do I, they can say to me what they want, Mm -hmm. but how do I actually tell my husband maybe for the first time, That, you know, whatever, I don't want to go on vacation where you want to go on vacation. Or I, Mm -hmm. oh, here's a great example. I had a client who wanted a housekeeper. Okay. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, they made plenty of money. This was not a money issue. Okay. Right. Right. Her husband's thing was he didn't, or this is what he said, that he didn't like the idea of other people being in the house. Wow. Well, now here's a classic thing when you're a people pleaser, your spouse Mm -hmm. who is used to it, you know, Mm -hmm. they will often, argue with you for lack of a better word mm-hmm. in a way that leaves you no place to go mm. so if I want a housekeeper and you don't want other people you know that we don't know you know mm-hmm. in our house how, how do I argue how do that? I argue that mm-hmm. what do I say I'm not going to talk you into right. you know being so, uncomfortable in your own house right yeah so yeah. what do we do about that so here practical Brenda comes in hmm and we worked on, okay, so how can you communicate that? And so not, you know, so we don't have to be uh cloak and dagger here. I, what we worked on was simply saying, I hear you. And I get that us having a housekeeper might make you uncomfortable in certain ways, but it's a priority for me. I'm going to get a housekeeper. That's right. Because,
0: you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, you, there is compromise. Yes, There is getting, you know, finding out, because let's be clear, him not wanting someone in the house is bigger than him not wanting someone in the house. There's something yeah. behind that, right? Yeah. So yeah. let's, let's have the conversation and figure that out, you know, Yeah. is this a safety is- issue, you know, right. are you yeah. hiding something? Yeah. Do you think somebody's going to come in and take things? Yeah. Like, what is the What's <laughs> issue? What's that really about? Right. Date? Right. So yeah. Yeah. I think that, that is, that is wonderful. I think I, I just, I can't get over the digital program. I think that's, you know, not that.
1: Thank um, you. I love it. It was so much fun to do. And I, I love having it out there for people because anybody, this is really, I mean, I hope you can tell by the way, I'm even talking on this podcast that I like to keep things really approachable and digestible and, mm-hmm. you know, give you things that you can put into action. So you, because it has to start, we have to start at home, right? With our own selves. I can't even think about what I want to say to my lover or my partner or what my boss or whatever, until I get it clear for me. Right. And then once I find what feels true to me, it's a whole nother step to take that out in the world and communicate it or act on it. And a lot of people have the idea, because of course we're so (laughs) self-critical, that (laughs) Oh, well, either I should just already know, or mm-hmm. if I know, then I should just be able to somehow that should be enough and I should be able to do it. But I'm telling you from all the people I've coached, and I'm sure you've had the same experience. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of baby steps.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes.
1: That happen and having a coach or working with one-on-one, mm-hmm. especially that's the strongest level yes. of help, right. To, to mm-hmm. it's so personal. Because I, as much as I realize I just created a program and I'm writing a book for The Solve-It Method and it's kind of quote unquote a formula, it's a, more like a framework because mm-hmm. I don't believe in formulas. We're all so different. Mm-hmm. The way I would coach you through these four things that I call The Solve-It Method, how mm-hmm. I do that with people ends up being different for everybody because where they are is different, where right. they want to go is different. It's very true you know, what works with them to get there. Mm-hmm. It, it's right. not a one size fits all in that regard. Uh, so yeah, yeah, so I love both the, you know, a digital format, little self-helping stuff and having the coach there that can help. And you. it
0: seems as though like even with the one-on-one, you also are willing to keep them accountable. You know, I yes. think having that accountability person really, really helps, you know, cause you can tell her, You know, or or have the conversation about how to get her feelings out, but later on she knows in her next session you're going to say, "Well, how'd that go? How'd that go? Exactly." It's like, "Oh, well, never mind." I kind of, you know, and they they they, they're they're proud of themselves, but they also, you know, I I find that you know you don't want people to uh, how can I say do things for you or because of you, but there is something about, oh, I'm going to make her proud because you're actually making yourself proud,
1: right? Yes, absolutely. That's absolutely the way it is because everything they're doing, you know, quote unquote for mm-hmm. me or, to, you know, it's for them Absolutely, because it's coming it kinda... from them. Mm-hmm. And it's not as if, so unlike, an accountability like we tend to think of like a um, these are the first two examples that come to mind like in dieting or exercise right (laughs) right yeah Like that doesn't mean if you come to the next session and you're like you know what i didn't have it i didn't talk to him i didn't have the nerve i i lost the word, then that's great i don't care i'm not gonna ding you for that like there's no judgment in and fact it opens us up to okay great so what was the resistance where did Thank you, you yes. get scared where because that's that just peels on the inside that's right and yeah you closer to your own liberation so mm-hmm. everybody's got their own process their own timetable their own path right all of our journeys are unique yes and everybody deserves going through their unique process mm-hmm. their unique journey your that's your birthright yes absolutely yeah. i yeah. love it so people
0: can find out about you the blog the yes. um the podcast all of it on brindaflorida.com right yes exactly uh the program is called the solve it method i like that get you through the difficult situations yeah
1: Yep. Um and the
0: podcast is called Liberate Your People Pleasing. Yes. Yeah.
1: Liberate Your People Pleaser. Yep. Yes. Please. And they're all pleaser. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. okay. And yes, That's it's right. all on my website, Brendaflorida.com. Because Florida is really my last name. A lot of people ask me that. Really? Brenda Florida? Why do you call yourself that? Are you? Re- I'm like, well, <laughs> it's my last name. That's why I call myself that. Um, but it's great for a URL, right? Easy to spell. Yes. Brenda Florida. Absolutely, fact, uh, yeah. Very, very simple. That's good stuff. Well, Brenda, it
0: has been a pleasure. Oh my gosh, this mm, is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray that people will, you know, get on the website. It's, it's so much phenomenal. The the it's the the information that you get is just great. I say phenomenal a lot. That's why I was like, okay, I don't want people to think. Well, <laughs> she always says, this. "No, it really is. It really is. information. <laughs> yes, it's great information on there. I don't want to um. Yeah. It's just good. I mean, I honestly uh, spent the hour, um, you know, I've been on it for just on and off for the last month, but I spent like two hours on there today, just clicking, you know, just clicking, going to the next and reading. It's so much great information. So thank Thank you for all that you do for the people and, um, you know, hopefully we can get you back here. that will be wonderful. Yeah. That's great. I always ask people. Do you have any last words for the audience?
1: I think my last words would be just choose you. Mm. Like as scary as that can be. And somebody listening to this, listen, on certain days in my life in the past, if I had heard that, I would have been like, well, no, like that horse is out of the barn. I can't. I've created too many ways that I'm not choosing me to ever possibly go back. It just seems insurmountable, right? To undo it all somehow and get back to where you can choose you. But I mean that in just the smallest way, in the tiniest micro way to listen to a song because it's a song that brings you joy, you know, to take 10 minutes and whatever, have your coffee, go to the bathroom alone. (laughs)
0: Right. Yeah. Get in
1: nature for from anything and realize like make it super intentional and conscious that you are choosing you mm-hmm. and it's okay, like nothing happened. I listened to that song, no cars crashed, no nobody problem. died. Yeah, it's okay. And each little thing will lead to the next little thing. I love yeah. that. That's good stuff. Well, thank you so much for being with us and
0: again. We've got Brenda Florida. You can go to www.brendaflorida.com and get all of the wonderful information that she has for you. And I want to thank everyone for listening. And as we always say, you matter and your story matters. And everyone have a wonderful day. Bye. I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time. So thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me, and check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.